Well, welcome to the Follow Him Together podcast, where we just unpack questions that many of us have in following Jesus and what it means to be walking with Jesus and to follow Him. And we are better together. And we're not necessarily always claiming to have 100% the right answer. There's a lot of things that we discover together, but we do lean heavily into the Bible, into God's Word as our direction and what it has to say, and just unpack some of these awesome questions together. And Today, we're going to jump in and really unpack the question, I've given my life to Jesus, should I start seeing a change or should I start to see a change? And there might be other questions that you have. Maybe you've made a decision to follow Jesus and there's some big questions on your heart, on your mind. I just want to encourage you to let us know what those questions are, because maybe if you have that question, somebody else will have that question and we would love to unpack it on a future podcast. So all you have to do is just go to uh, central.family, hit the 24-hour church quick link there, and just let the 24-hour church team know that you have a question for the Follow Him Together podcast and let them know what that question is, and they will pass that on to us. But I'm here today with um, the incredible Ariel Coffing, as always, Hello. Pastor Ariel. And I'm also here um, with today... Um, her, I don't want to say her lesser half. I don't want to say, you know how sometimes they say like the better half? Yeah. That's what a lot of people say. And they normally say it about How many the, people say that? They, so many people. <laughs> they say it about the female normally. Like, oh. where's your better half? Like they say, no, they say that to guys all the time. Right. Like, oh, where's your better half? You know what I mean? And got it, got it, got it. I do agree. Like I think of Laura as better, but I sure. also don't like to think of us as halves. Because we are one person. Or that one's better than the other. A one whole person in Jesus, each one of us. That's biblical. So- Anyways, we're here with her husband, <laughs> Pastor Brandon Coffing today. Hey, hey, excited to be here. And maybe Ariel, maybe you could give a little introduction to like what Pastor Brandon does here at Central for sure. those that don't know. Oh Sorry. goodness. Okay, well officially he oversees the kids, youth, young adults world. Mm. He is also part of the Central Academy teaching team. Is that what we call it? Yeah. Um, and then also does AV randomly around the building. Just everything. Yeah. Like, he's skilled in everything. That is kind of the weird thing about the Coffin family is they all can do everything. Yeah. Um, so he just does that, which is amazing. He just jumps in wherever is needed and is also, if something crazy needs to be done, like in a Christmas experience, yes. like something silly or funny, Brandon's the number one person to be asked, right? Yeah, That's I think right. if it's like... Potentially embarrassing. Yes, potentially embarrassing. Or something that people just wouldn't want to do. But they want to see done. Yeah. yeah. Then it quickly comes to you <laughs> too sometimes though. Let's be honest. That's true. You've had to do some crazy I kind of wonder if Nick's the one that throws your name out there. Ah. Well, it's like, because hey, we they really need me to do something crazy. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, nah. Yes. I have a great name for you. I've got an you. idea. It'd be two of us. <laughs> <laughs> like that one year that you guys ran out. In track suits, but yeah. Brandon was wearing the shortest shorts I've ever seen yeah. him wear, and Judd's face is burned into my brain when yeah. he saw you run out on stage wearing those. It was borderline. Memorable. It, sometimes we get close to the line. Sometimes we just go a little over it. That might have been it. But Brandon, Brandon went and got his master's in biblical <laughs> studies, and I feel like since then, the random goofy things... They kind of dropped off. Yeah, yeah. he's serious now. Yeah. He's, he's a serious, studious. But you have your master's. Yeah. You're so studious. You, you got to stop. And sh- he's almost 40. And he's almost 40. So That's true. And the day I opened, <laughs> when when you get that diploma, the degree in the mail, it's super exciting. I opened it up. I'm like, wow, we did it. I think the same day I burned the little shorts as you well. You burned the short <laughs> track Just shorts. Just to like put it in my mind, this is a new day. It's Going a new forward, season I'm of a, life. I'm a new person. This is new. Yeah. I like it. Well... <laughs> Today we get the, speaking of a new day and new beginnings, we're talking about today. Um, I've given my life to Jesus, so should I start to see a change? And I think this is a really interesting subject because I've, I've actually talked around this question a lot with people who just start following Jesus, a lot that of, of people who have been following Jesus for a long time, because there's this overall sense that like when you first make a decision to follow Jesus, there's some people that think that that means like the very next day. So I gave my life to Jesus on a Sunday. When I get back to my normal rhythm, when I go back to my job or kid school drop-offs or whatever you have that next Monday, 
that all of a sudden, should I not sin anymore? Or if I sin, does it mean I lost my salvation, right? So there's this whole idea of like, if I did something that would be considered my old ways, did I just mess up? Which means like I just nulled and void, you know, nullified and voided everything that I just made a decision for myself. But then there's the opposite side that tend to think, well, grace just is so overwhelming. It comes in such heaps and bounds from God and he's just full of radical grace, which is true. But does that mean that I can just keep doing what I want to do? Because at the end of the day, he's going to forgive me for it. Mm. So there's this like tension, right? Of like, mm-hmm. am I being too hard on myself and that I I can't mess up anymore? And then also, can I just continue to mess up because I know God has grace for it? So yeah, let's, yeah. yeah <laughs> where do we huge. begin there? Well, I think you're, I think the big thing that is a, such a big struggle is when people start following Jesus, often, you know, it's a very emotional experience, right? We're, we find ourselves experiencing God for the first time and we're so excited and we jump into all the things. We're ready to make a difference. And eventually the emotion part kind of wears a little bit, wears off a little bit. And then when we find ourselves making a mistake, backsliding, just exactly what you're talking about, all the doubt starts creeping in and we have this self-doubt of like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I didn't do it. Um, while you were talking about that, I was thinking in Romans 7, like this is kind of a good encouragement for me when I do have those struggles. Even Paul says, I don't really understand myself for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Anyway, I, I love that passage because it's the guy who wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Right. And he's saying, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I keep doing what I hate doing. And it's a struggle right. with sin. But he tries to give us the encouragement that the good news is because you know it's a struggle, that's the difference. Yeah. You actually know that you're doing wrong now and, and you're on a process. Well, and I actually think that I, I was going to, I love that you hit on that because he actually says, I was just looking at that verse. He he talks about like he's in this tension, like just what you're saying. I, I want to do what I want to do is right, but I inevitably do what's wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that's at war with my mind is what he's saying in Romans seven. But then he basically says like, I, I've, I've figured out this whole life principle, but there is an answer. Like he doesn't just leave you with like, Oh, I'm in this tension. He says, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin, but there is an answer, which is, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I love that so much. But what, but what, then I guess you could say like, but what does that mean? Like Jesus is the answer, but then how do I unpack that in my own life? How do I make that practical for me? Like when I'm up against the desire to sin again, what is it that I should do? Like where where do I find the strength to either resist or to not sin? Yeah, that's really good. Um, And I think, you know, it's a, it's an another just reminder to us that if we want to see a change, if we want, we know the answer is Jesus, like Ro- Romans tells us that. So, okay, well, what do I do? The, the piece that's kind of hard and sort of simple to remember, but also hard to do all the time is we got to like, look at what Jesus says. We got to look at what he actually did, how he lived and the, the message that he gives us in the Bible are those answers. Like he he lays out for us the way we should live. Right. And, um, you know, I know today's all about like seeing a change, like, well, you need to be in God's word because you need to know what's wrong and you need to look at it to help correct you and to to start changing. Yeah. Right. One of the things that kind of helped bring a little clarity for me was, um, when I started to read about the fruits of the spirit. So this is going to sound dumb maybe to you guys, cause you guys are PKs and grew up in the church, but <laughs> for a long time, I'd look at the fruits of the spirit and I'd be like, yeah, I have that one and I'm good at that one and I have that one, right? And I, and I re- did this um, version Devo and there's a great question in here that I think Christine Kane wrote this day. Oh no, it was a, it, never mind. It was not Christine Kane. But anyway, the question on the reflection question for that day was, 
do you feel that it's easier for you to live out your spiritual gifts than walk in the fruit of the spirit? And that's when it clicked for me. I'm like, I'm thinking of the fruits of the spirit, like spiritual gifts that we get some of them. Like I'm good at gentleness and kindness for the most part, not so great with patience, you know, like those kinds of things. But what it's actually talking about is when the Holy Spirit is in you, it produces all of these things within you. And for me, it kind of became a barometer of like, how am I doing in my spiritual walk? How am I doing in my relationship with God? Anytime that I kind of veer away from, you know, the disciplines, honestly, like this, the discipline of have spending time with God every day, of carving out time for him and being in, my, in the Bible every single day, I can see myself losing this evidence of the Holy Spirit in my life. Yeah. Right. Um, and even like before that, in, so this is in Galatians 5, 19. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Mm. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I'm like, even just looking at like quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, like these are the things that I see come out in myself when I'm not being disciplined about spending time with God, going to church every single weekend and listening to the messages, having people speak into my life that are Christ followers, that are healthy and like, you know, in my group or um, spiritual mentors, anything like that, that I can see the difference of what it's like when you're not focused on these things. But for a long time, I thought like fruits of the spirit, like you can just have some of them, like you're gifted with some of them, but it's not, it's evidence of Christ in you. Yeah. No, it's so yeah. true. And I, I, when you really think of the Holy Spirit in general, which maybe, you know, this, the, like, who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? That That's probably a whole nother podcast. But mm-hmm. just in a nutshell, these disciples for so long, they had they, everything that they were taught. They were able to physically follow Jesus. Jesus was with right. them. They were able to learn from him. They were able to be taught by him. They were able to see his example. So, so much of following Jesus, they got to experience firsthand. But then there's the moment, one of the, you know, last verses of the New Testament of each of the gospels, Jesus is ascending to heaven. And so what do we do? You know, you can really go back to Acts for this, right? So like, what do we, what do we do now? Like you're leaving us. And he says that he's going to send a helper, which is the Holy Spirit, which if you take that word helper in general, like helper and what, like helper and everything in, in your walk with Jesus, but mainly your guide to show you what are fruits of the spirit. Like if you have him as your helper, this is what you should exude in your life. This, this should be the fruit that you show or what would be, what would show detractions from the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, not empowering you, not, not leading you, you not being, you not following the Holy Spirit's direction. So, that's, that's the amazing thing about him sending the Holy Spirit as our helper. I know for me personally, um, which I want to unpack the word because like obviously jumping into the Bible is like yeah, yeah. so important. It's a way for the Holy Spirit to just really empower you and speak to you and, and guide you. But another for me is like I have a prayer every morning in my quiet time that I just pray for like a new filling of the Holy Spirit. Now I know that because I've ask Jesus that, that that I've named him my Lord and Savior, I'm following Jesus, that I have the Holy Spirit with me and access to, and that he is guiding me and he's there for me. But I still pray for a daily filling of the Holy Spirit because I just want to recognize before God, like I, me and my own strength, I'm going to mess today up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just praying for, for a fresh day, a fresh morning. I'm praying that for that filling of the Holy Spirit, that he's just close to me all day just steering me, steering me in the right direction, steering me in the wrong direction. Cause just like Paul's saying, I am going to have desires of the flesh. I'm going to have sinful desires. It's, there's going to be parts of my days that sin's going to want to win so and please, like, I just need the Holy spirit to show up big in those moments. Mm-hmm. 
and move me the other way, or at least give me a blatant opportunity to choose the other way. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I, I was looking in uh, here, Second Corinthians 3, uh, towards the end, Paul is talking about the Spirit, and it says, The Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So it's, you know, we're talking about, should I see change? How's the Holy Spirit working in me? Like we have the, we have this evidence here in the Bible that it's a process. Like we're going to, as we go, start to change. So when we read stuff like the, the fruit of the Spirit that you shared, like now it's planted in my mind and in my spirit. And so as I'm walking out through the day, when I notice quarrel, quarrelsome pops up, it's a reminder to me, and I'm actually convicted. Like, right? Uh, I'm convicted in my heart. Like, oh, that's not what I'm supposed to be like, right? I, I should be relying on God to help me show this other side of me. So between that and the promise that, you know, God tells us He's going to be faithful to complete the work in us, mm. I feel like we can both just be encouraged to know that we're on a process, but always be. I don't know, recognize that whenever we try to do it on our own, every time that we try to just take things on ourselves, that's when we see the slip ups and it should be just like a reminder. And maybe I need to start getting around people again, not just be um, by myself. And uh, I should start reading more just to invite God to be a part of my day to day and, and his people. That's the cool right. thing is he's going to work through each other. Like when even just talking now, like, you know, we're just encouraging one another reminders on that's stuff right. that we've, heard and it just helps us to you know kind of keep going forward yeah and a long time ago judd did um this illustration of like the spiral do you remember this oh yeah yeah so i think for a lot of us we picture you know we name jesus our leader and savior and then it's like an upward climb like like an upward staircase yeah an upward staircase but it really is like gosh i wish i could explain it but it looks like a coil is what it looks like so it's like a coil so you're just you're going in, not you're like moving forward, but it's like kind of in like up and down in circles. And that's, if you just kind of expect that, then you can give yourself some grace when you are, when you do get into those seasons where you're like, wow, like I'm far from Jesus. I am not exhibiting all the fruits of the spirit and like all these things and not get so hard on yourself. And also just allows you to like, remember, you can really only do this alongside God because for like my personality type is like, okay, great. Now I can do all these things so that I will be patient so that I won't burst out in anger. And, but it's the reality is I'm a human being, but if I ask God for help and do that every single day, ask for the Holy spirit to intervene in my life, then it's, it's kind of mind blowing how he does come through, but to try to take it on yourself and then be hard on yourself that you can't, do these things it's you're just going to be disappointed <laughs> forever so and ever yeah. so yeah, yeah that's and that's what ariel's really saying here is like it, picture you know if you picture that upward staircase that that's how we like to think how we get to god like just stepping upstairs or either walking backwards down the stairs mm-hmm. but it's always up or falling down, down the stairs staircase yeah falling <laughs> tripping tumbling down the stairs um but you know, picture this coil or, you know, if you don't know what we're saying with coil and you're, you're a listener right now and picture, picture a slinky on mm, its side, slinky. right? Like That's picture good. it laying on its side that there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, but you, you really move horizontally up yeah. and down this path. And like, it's, you're going to, just because of our sinful nature, there is going to be ups and downs. So we have a saying here, here at Central, it's not scripture, but we have a saying that it, it's okay to not be okay. I think that really speaks to those that like, I made a decision to follow Jesus and then I messed up. Does that mean I don't have Jesus anymore? Or did I just screw this whole thing up? And the answer is no, it is okay to not be okay. But then speaking to the other half of that, often it's not on our walls, but we often like to help describe and um, unpack this whole idea of like, what does that mean is we have a second half to that saying, which is, but it's not okay to stay that way or it doesn't have to stay that way. However you want to finish it. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Yeah. Meaning we don't excuse our sinful behavior as just like God has a grace and it's okay to not mm-hmm. be okay. He does, but we should be striving for change in our lives and following him. Because like we've said, if we're following the Holy spirit, then 
mm-hmm. and, and leaning into him, there will be evidence of change. Yeah, and it's not so much like the the oh you're a Christian now you have to follow all these rules. It comes out of a heart of gratitude, knowing what Jesus has done for you. Like, right. It's like I don't want to lean into what my flesh wants because Jesus died for me to forgive me of these sins. And yes, I know he'll forgive me again, but if I'm intentionally chasing these things, is it really reflecting a life that's been changed by what I know to be true? Right. Which kind of sets us up for what we have for our listeners today. Yeah. Um, So on this past Saturday, um, we had the awesome pleasure of having Brandon's dad come out and teach a Central Academy elective. Uh, If you guys see those pop up, for sure, like you should jump into them. Even if you're not an academy, attend one. This one in particular, I think I would say it was the catalyst of uh, the significant changes that have happened in my spiritual walk over the past few years. Um, it really set me on this journey that I've been on of healing what I didn't know I needed to heal from in the past and like strengthening my relationship with God. It is There's so many practical things that he teaches in this class and it's amazing. So Brandon, do you want to talk about what you did with him after? Yeah. Um, so just like you said, it's just, it's a great, it's been a great encouragement to people, like the importance of reading the Bible, the importance of, of being around people, meeting with people so that we can grow together. Right. And so after that, after that, uh, teaching, uh, we, we jumped in here, we did, a, had a little quick interview because I just thought before he heads back off to New Mexico, like we could chat a little bit about like, what are some real steps that we could take to just help us change, to help us grow. Yeah. Pastor Dale Coffing is who you're going to be meeting right now. That's Brandon's dad. He's literally been a pastor in my life since I was five years old. Yeah, we were little. He's taught me how to you know, not be corny, but he's taught me how to be a fisherman and uh, a fisher of men. <laughs> so he is an excellent angler and fly fisher. Um, and so I've done a lot of fishing with Brandon's dad, but he's also done a lot of pastoring in my he's life. An even better evangelist. Yeah. He is. I mean, he's just one of those men that you're like, someday I hope my relationship with Jesus is as strong as his relationship with Mm. Jesus. So check this interview out now, Pastor Brandon with his dad, Pastor Dale Coffin. All right, now we're going to go ahead and welcome into the show, Dale Coffin, my dad. Dad, welcome to the Follow Him Together podcast. Uh, Yeah, we're just talking about how to follow Jesus together better. So why don't we take a second and you can just Give us a little bit of your backstory. What brought you to, to Christ? How long have you been a follower and a discipler? Well, thanks, son. Well, I didn't uh, come to Christ early on. It was I was a young adult, about 32. Up until that point, I was uh, fully into the corporate world. I was a mechanical engineer working for a Fortune 100 company and uh, thought I was a Christian. Well, that fateful day came around, and I uh, got to know who Jesus was personally, changed everything. And a few years later, ended up going into a full-time ministry mode with, uh, with a large church in Albuquerque and, uh, and kind of been a pastor ever since, since 1994. Nice. And, um, yeah, you, you had the opportunity to jump in with our Central Academy just this past weekend. We had an open elective all about uh, what it looks like to follow Jesus and help other people follow him. Well, I know a lot of people joining us today are kind of trying to take a next step in their walk. And of course, we both would agree through experience that just diving into the Bible is such an important part of, of following God. And so let's, uh, we, we can talk a little bit about where, where we come to that. Maybe you could give us some tips and tricks, but why the Bible is so important and, um, and how, do we, how do we get into that thing? Well, you bet. I, I think for me, it was the uh, primary verse that we mentioned, uh, which was the uh, what's known as the Great Commission in, in Matthew 28, when Jesus calls us to be disciple makers, to go out uh, and make disciples. And that, that one simple statement of making disciples really um, is what turned me around, you know, from uh, the very beginning as a, in an early age as a young believer, when uh, someone told me that you know, this, this was a command, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't an option, it wasn't uh, something to just take as advice, but to do. And so he helped me learn how to do that, how to be a disciple maker who makes disciples and help others do the same. And so uh, that's the bottom line. That's what I'd love to do. 
That's awesome. So when we jump in to the Bible, um, if we're not sure where to start, if we're not sure the best ways forward, how might you suggest? I mean, I know sometimes if you were to just flip through the Bible and do the and put your finger <laughs> yeah. down somewhere, it could be a little confusing. Um, do you have any you know, helpful tips for like where to, where to start in and how to read? You bet. Well, well, first and foremost, it's to recognize that really it's the, it's the Bible. It's all about, you know, God speaking to us through his word and recognizing that the decisions I make in this life, you know, in, uh, in just living day to day uh, should all come not from culture, not from my friends, unless it mirrors what the Bible teaches. And that's because of what um, Paul writes to Timothy. It's in 2 Timothy 3.16 when he basically gives us the instructions that, you know, everything in this word, this book, is inspired by God himself, written by men, but truly inspired by God. And, and it's useful for teaching us and uh, correcting us and understanding what truly right and wrong is, where righteousness is, uh, is about. So that, first and foremost, is recognizing that the Bible is the uh, end of all in terms of how we should be making our decisions and living our life. Not culture, you know, not not yeah. what the current thing is. And so that alone should be motivating me to determine, <laughs> okay, what's the Bible really telling me to do here in this circumstance? Yeah, that's good. And I think of just, I, I think it's easy for us culturally to say, you know, we're Christians, we believe in God, we go to church. Um, but when we think about what does it mean to actually follow him, um, I think a lot of us don't take the Bible as seriously as obviously we should. I think it's easy to jump in and just listen. We can listen to messages, um, but we're not taking the time to actually read. And so I find it confusing. It's almost a, a, a sort of a, a thing that doesn't make sense. It's so easy for me to understand if I want to develop a relationship with a friend or grow closer to someone, we're going to meet up and we're going to talk. Yeah. But in the same way, it's so easy for us to just yeah. say, yeah, 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 we're, we're in relationship with God, but we don't do the step of letting him talk to us yeah. uh, through his word. So. Well, that first step, it's like you were saying, you know, in terms of understanding the importance of the word in our life, regularly, just like, you know, if you're going to have a relationship with a friend, it's not like, you know, it'd be like me saying, yeah, I've got a relationship with my wife and, you know, I'll see her in 10 years, kind of, yeah. you know, that's <laughs> not, work. yeah, that's not really a relationship. And God uh, really wants that personal, intimate, growing and maturing relationship with him through his word. And so understanding the, uh, the word is, um, in terms of timely, being in it regularly. Hmm. And then, so what you were asking earlier about where to start, I would say, well, you know, wherever you start in the Word, because there's lots of places you can really start. I'd, um, I would recommend uh, having, you know, like we started off, this idea of having a, a disciple in your life, a disciple mm. maker, someone that can help mentor you as you go through. He doesn't have to be necessarily, he um, doesn't have to be that super pastor. That's not who you're after. You're just after someone that you see in your life or that you want to see in your life because you see it being exampled in this person. Yeah. He's really living out the Word in his life. And so having that kind of a person in your life to help you be accountable to understanding the Word and how to, most importantly, it's like, um, it's not just knowing the Word, it's living out the Word in your life. And so yeah. when I read the Bible now, it's not about, you know, just trying, oh, I want to understand all the ins and outs and how deep it can be. It's about how do I take this truth of the Word and live to it and actually change? And that's where this other mentor, this other you know, I'll call him a disciple maker who can pour into your life um, to help you grow. That's awesome. And I, I mean, the verse you shared a moment ago in Second Timothy, um, I like how it ends that God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And I think that's a good reminder to me that I'm not just reading it to read it. Like you said, I'm not trying to check a box. How far did I get in the Bible today? <laughs> or how quickly did I get through something? But God tells us that it's to help us do something. So if we're not reading with the intention of what can I change or what should we do, we're, we're really yeah. missing it, I think. Yeah. You know, the, that earlier verse, the Great Commission, I didn't quote the whole verse, but towards the end there, it really tells us the real reason behind uh, why God wants us to make disciples. Because at the end of that verse, it says uh, it's to teach them to obey. There, there really is a purpose, a motive behind understanding God's Word. It's being taught to obey everything he's commanded us, and that's all in his word. So the power of God's word 
to understand how to live, number one, what's right and wrong, what's God want us to live like, as opposed to the culture or my own feeling or what yeah. I think is right or wrong, but to live it that way and then um, actually be accountable to changing it, to be obedient to it. Everything he's commanded. And uh, boy, I wish I could tell you, it's a very easy you know, commission. Yeah. It's difficult to live out. For sure. Now, you talked about meeting with someone um, to kind of help walk through that sort of life on life. How, how are you doing sort of situation? Um, you know, I know from witnessing throughout the years, but um, what did that look like for you? Um, who, who did you meet with? How, how often? Like, what does that what does that meeting look like? Yeah. What would you even talk about? That's a about? great question. Now, of course, there's no set rule sure. uh, per se uh, in terms of how to meet with someone, although the Bible gives some really important guidelines. And some of the things uh, that I even talked about was, um, it's in the book of Hebrews, it's chapter 10, and it's verses 24 and 25. It says, to consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So right off the bat, it says, man, we're to live life in community. We're to mm. be together. Yeah. Remember, we're not alone. And then it says, how do we consider to spur each other, to encourage one another? And then it says, all the more, and it says daily, and all the more as you see this day approaching when God's to come back, because our habit is to not want to meet together. Right. And God says, no, meet together, and it said daily. So that kind of, you know, right off the bat, it says it should be really regularly, that it should be life to life. Other parts of the Bible uh, will talk about things, uh, meditating on this word mm. day and night. And so it's the idea of living it. You know, to be very conscious that God wants us to have this word very much in, in, enthralled in us in terms of how we live and to be an encouragement with one another daily. So now for me, um, I, uh, um, I wish I could tell you I meet with a guy every day, but yeah. it's really, it's, I think, realistically in this world, uh, certainly with technology, it allows me to, um, I meet with them physically once a week. And I meet for about an hour of, uh, of just accountability with my, um, with my disciple maker, the guy I'm, I kind of see as my mentor, my spiritual mentor, with one important difference. He's a mentor that actually lives out this life. In other words, he sets mm. the example, and I see him you know, live his life. And so he's much more than just a, you know, um, a boss. He's a, he's a guy that I actually get to see how to live it out. And so um, I aspire to, to realize to do the same thing with someone else. Yeah. Uh, that it just reminded me of a of a story you've told before, um, an illustration. When you're trying to figure out, you know, who should I who should I pair up with, meet along with, do this together. Which again, it's the whole point of this podcast, guys. Like Pastor Nick uh, named it, following him together as a reminder that we're not in this alone. We're not supposed to just hole up in our in our study and try to just dive so deep to be studious and to try to gain, gain all kinds of knowledge, but we're actually called to live in community, just like you said, and do this together. Um, but I, I was, re I was reminded, like you said, your, um, your guy, Rob, like he's someone that you've seen it, live it out. And so that's what kind of drew you to have that conversation. Like, should we meet together or continue meeting? It was all based on, well, I know that this person is is walking the the right way is trying to um, model his life after that you once told a dentist story like do you remember this like when it comes oh. to like picking a dentist oh yeah right um like how do you like know that this is the right person yeah. I, i'll let you yeah i in fact there's just show a picture i didn't do it this time but yeah it was uh is uh, you go to a dentist and you and you you realize boy i need to get my teeth worked on i've got a pain and and you uh, and you just look it up uh, you know you know online and you find some place you go over to see him and the dentist comes in to work on your teeth and he smiles at you and all of a sudden when he smiles you notice his smile is just riddled with with rotted teeth you know it's cavities <laughs> it's, it's missing teeth and and i can tell you right now that while you're sitting in that chair that's not the thing you want to be sitting there going Oh, I don't want this guy touching my exactly. teeth, you know, and it's because you see how his own teeth are, and it makes you wonder. Well, the same thing works spiritually. It's you're looking for someone that's spiritually healthy, just like so that you can follow that example. And so it's much more than knowing. It's really the idea of being that example for yeah. someone. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I think that's a great—it's just an encouragement to me also. So whether you're trying to— um, decide who you'd like to help pour into and help lead along the way, or you're trying to find someone to help. Like it's a good reminder to me, like, well, I surely don't want to be the dentist who <laughs> smiles like, come on in. I got all my tools ready. As you can see, I don't know what I'm doing at all. 
Um, yeah, that's such a good reminder that it's like it's a it encourages me to like, well, what what have I done today or this yeah. week? Am I what what's been kind of the thing that God's been working on in my life? Like, I want to be able to say that it's something I'm doing, and it's not about being like, look at me, I'm the best. It's I know where where I was. Yeah, and um, I can I'd love to share the story on the struggles that I've had and how. God's helped me continue to take steps, yeah. uh, transform my life. So yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's be, it's like the same example of the dentist. It's you know you don't expect him not to have cavities, right? But you do expect that. How did he when he did have problems in his what did he do to correct it? And same thing in our spiritual walk. You know we're not going to be perfect, but when we do mess up, and we're disobedient to His word, or we've uh, we got to make it right. It's not that we've we've messed up or sinned. It's you know what are we now doing to correct it, to change, to repent, and transform ourselves to be more like the Word. That's what you're looking for in a mentor. It's not perfection because yeah. you're never going to find him. You know, it's uh, you're looking for the guy that look. He's got you know, you know he's got problems just like I do. The difference is he is actively working to not only just have the problems identified with another in community, but also to then transform, to change. That's the piece that really, uh, boy, you know you've got someone yeah. uh, when you've got that kind of uh, transparency. That's good. And, you know, whether you're jumping in at Central into something like First Step or you're engaging one of our community opportunities, we have open uh, men's and, and women's groups, we have uh, mother's groups, different ways, all these things that we do around Central is just to help make those connections easier. It's to give you an opportunity to come, meet some people, and then I think God naturally kind of pulls people together to be able to take those deeper steps and check in on one another. So um, yeah, if you feel like you're not sure where to start, just keep showing up. Uh, dive into the weekends, jump into serving. Um, you know, it's it's crazy how many people around the church just started like, well, I want to do something. I want to help out. So they signed up to just greet at a door and say hello to people as they walk in, but over time they've met and serve along with other people. And then outside of that time have are deeply involved in one another's lives. People will grab me in the hallway, even just this past week. And they'll say like, Hey, did you know about so-and-so she's actually having a hard time right now? She's in the hospital. This is what's going on. Just want you mm -hmm. to know so we can pray for her. Like all that stuff is the real work that God does more so than just volunteering yes. or attending a, a big group event. Like it's, it's that those life relationships that I, I love about how God chooses to work. He's using us. He doesn't have to I feel like we could have just got the A to Z manual on do this. Don't do this. Here's, this is life check. Um, he, he uses it through the stories of people, which I think is really cool. Well, Hey, I just wanted to thank you for spending time. I, um, you know, Dale here drove out, uh, flew out from Albuquerque, New Mexico, just to hang out with us this weekend and, and be involved in Academy and capture this podcast moment. It's an interview. So I just want to say thank you for all of your investment over the years into Central, even living two states away from us. Yeah, well, I love this church for lots of reasons, not just having family here, but I've got gained many, many friends over the years, and, uh, and I just love what God's doing here at Central. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. What an incredible interview. I, what I love about that interview the most is, you know, so, so much good. One of the things being you guys just talking about the whole idea of really, I mean, it's really this idea why we, like you said, have this podcast in general, which is just doing life together, unpacking how to follow Jesus together. But there's also this idea of like, as we go, keeping each other accountable, having people, you know, that understand the temptations you're up against, the, um, they understand this whole idea of like the fruits of the spirit and other things. And they can help. I think you had alluded to this Ariel of like that, this idea of accountability can be a scary word. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's kind of like a word we don't really want it here, especially in yeah, this no. day and age. But, um, there's this quote, I, I've heard Julie Richard say it. I don't know if it's hers, but it's that, um, sin is like mold. It grows in the dark. Yeah. And I know a lot of times we say, you know, your faith is, everybody's faith is their own. It's like between you and Jesus. And I kind of disagree with that. It's like, I understand what they're saying, but I think that God created 
people <laughs> to do life together um, and to hold each other up and to push each other forward and encourage one another. And while accountability is not really a, a word that we like because it means that somebody's going to call you out, you know, you're allowing somebody in your life to call you out for the things that you're not doing right. Um, I think it's super important if you really want to continue to be more like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we can just looking through the Bible, I was just trying to think, I cannot think of a single example of someone being pointed out as like, this is a person who on their own Mm. studied the right things and lived their life the right way. We're always following groups. We're always following Jesus with the disciples or even, um, you know, prophets and leaders. Their like role is to challenge people to like change the way they're acting, the accountability thing, right? They're Mm -hmm. going back and they're saying, hey, we're doing the wrong things right now. Like this isn't right. We need to turn our ways back to God. So I I just think the example that we always have is we should be challenging one another um, to do this thing together, to encourage one another. Mm-hmm. And and with the foundation, which is the other thing that I love from that interview with your dad, is that the foundation should be the word, that as we journey through God's word, that we should be reading it with the lens that what do I need to change in my own life in order to lean into what his word is saying. And I, I want to keep this conversation going, but it is now time for me to throw in a wrench into our conversation. Oh, like please, please wrench. I love this. I could just like literally derail the whole thing. But um, today we're going to play a little game. Okay. Called Hot Wing Roulette. Mm. Hot Wing Roulette. So Jenna has kindly hidden Thanks, Jenna. a different level of heat wing. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Under each of these plates. So we have three plates here. They're covered. And there's one that's atomic hot. Oh, there's one that's medium hot, Good. and there's one that's mild hot. Okay. So we don't know what we're getting. She shuffled these. You guys can pick what plate you want. We're each going to get well, one wing. The whole plate is... No, it's just one wing. Okay. It's well, one it's, wing. Here's what's funny about me is I won't know whether it's medium or atomic. <laughs> it's going to be atomic it's to you no matter what. <laughs> the way that it affects you is it's yes. hot. No, I'm, I, not, oh I'm not good on the heat scale. <laughs> like, I have a bit of a cold, so I'm hoping is. no matter oh, what good. I get, it'll be fine. Yeah, but my luck, sure I'll get, get atomic. atomic. No, yeah. I don't want it. Brandon's the one that likes spicy. Let's make I like get spicy, it. but there is a line. Like I like spicy that tastes good. And I think a lot of these wing things, like when it gets too hot, they don't care about the flavor no. anymore. It's just like, yeah. ha, 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 this is so hot. You're going to cry. <laughs> okay. So whoever, I feel like we should just make a rule that whoever has the hot wing has to start breaking down this idea, this word, sanctification. Because oh sanctification gosh. is what we're really talking about today. So yes. whoever okay. whoever we notice has that, that spice... I don't have one. my masters though. I feel like whoever has the masters in you the can room just should start talk about us. It. And then <laughs> okay. because we're better together, the other two That's right. will. That's so good. We can't do it on our own. Right. I don't want to pick. Help them you guys through. pick. Here's okay. plate one, plate two, plate three. Oh, he just he's just going for it. Oh, he's giving it to Brandon. Oh no, you. I'm being a servant. Okay, oh, thank you. Is that one yours? Oh, I I feel like <laughs> I saw the wing. It looks like something that would be atomic. Oh no, I think I got it. I Switch me, babe. I, I honestly don't know what they Switch look like. Switch me. No, you're you're good. Give me this one. I think I have. I might Here. have. I think I have medium. Give me that one. No, this is yours. No, give it. Give me that I'm one. I'm pretty sure this is. Babe, yours. I'm sick. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's not okay. how it was supposed to go down. So Here's what just happened. If you're like listening, the random yeah. nature of that. We, we did we did three random plates. Yes, super um, random. <laughs> we. Just we all fair... un- we, they were covered. All of our plates oh, yeah. were covered, so we couldn't see what the wing looked that like. That part is true. When Ariel got her wing. <laughs> She looked at it and said, no, this is for sure the atomic. That's right. Babe, will you trade me? Which I am not the babe. Brandon is the babe. <laughs> but, you know, like this, everything we're talking about today is like if you read the Bible mm-hmm. and you try to remember it, it comes to your mind in, in tough moments. And That's this right. is a tough moment, but, you know, it was screaming in my mind. Oh, my is gosh. husbands should love their wives. Yes. Just as Christ laid his life down for the church. So, <laughs> right. like, it's a sacrifice right. to even the point of death, <laughs> Atomic which death. this might be death. Which you can't judge a wing by its cover. No, true. So, I think this will be funny if Ariel just traded oh you my for the atomic wing. So, <laughs> that will be annoying. <laughs> that would be great. Here we go. We got. Oh, All right, we're taking a bite and then. Oh, I guess I shouldn't have done ranch on my first uh, bite. Okay. Oh, we're not? Oh, okay. That's a good I'm gonna try, I'm going to try it without. And just yeah, see what I'm going to do without too. 
Oh, Although I don't, oh. I don't know if I have the spice here or not. So here we go. We're each taking a bite of our hot wing to see who has the atomic it's gonna be great. wing, okay. and they will explain sanctification to you. Ready? And bite on now. <laughs> okay, mine's normal, I think. Mm-hmm. How's that? Mine's hot. Okay. So sanctification. <laughs> mine mine must be the medium because it's still hot. I think mine is the mild. <laughs> I want to be like, no, mine's the atomic, but I'll say it's it's like I said, they don't care about flavor, bro. Like just okay. make it hot. Anyway. I'll take a bite. Sanctification. It's like transformation. Mm. Here we go. Um so I <laughs> I'm gonna take a bite burning? of yours. I'm gonna say There's milk right there. I'm okay. Literal literally sanctification is the process of becoming more holy in a sense it's hot right it's so hot okay, why did you. I do that so it's like the process of becoming more holy or more like Jesus it's so, so hot. sanctification it is an ongoing thing that we become more and more <laughs> I'm not even listening to you you're gonna like have to him. start over I'm just gonna lick my finger Oh, it's my, my. I barely put it to my mouth and my. I took a huge bite because. I mean, no, I took a bite, but right when I put it to my I lips. For it. Oh, it's. It's hot, man. <clears throat> it could be worse. It goes immediately to the throat. Like yep. the burn <sighs> is like on the back of the throat hot. That's going to hurt for the rest of the day. <laughs> <sighs> I just, and to all our listeners, all I did was just take a little piece off this wing. I took a legit bite. So, Pastor Brandon and Ariel have both taken. Full bites, but oh. Brandon's going to break down sanctification. Yeah. So I do love Sorry. what <clears throat> the back of my throat's burning. I do love what you said that it is a process. Yes, because I think that's what everybody needs to lean into. It is a process so, of being freed or purified from of sin. Now the thing is, we believe, based on even the verses we were talking about earlier, that walking with Jesus forces a change in your life. So you're turning away from yourself, you're leaning into his ways, and you should see over time change. Things that used to be really difficult. Ooh, it's hot. Because you almost need to take another bite because you're doing this so well. Right. Um, and then, so you got that going on for you. I, Things that used to be difficult. Yeah, like there's a change. They, so struggles that you used to have, they're not, they may not go away, right? But um, you see a change in your life. Now, I also think of Jesus telling them, like, this is how you'll know my disciples, by their love for one another. And I think that's important in this process because people should be able to tell. Like, by the mm-hmm. way you live, yeah. people should be able to tell there's something different. Um, Like, you know, you guys just met my dad. I just think it's a cool story. He got into pickleball. Whew, hot. <laughs> he got into pickleball, right? And... um. He's just fun. He goes out, plays pickleball with all kinds of random people, and he's super competitive. So he's trying to go to all the tournaments. He's trying to win all these medals, and he goes out to a local pickleball court, and they start to know each other. Like, the people that are serious about it, they're all showing up to the same things. They know who each other are. Um, This guy asked to play pickleball with my dad because he noticed he acts differently. Like, the stuff that – like, he's super competitive – but he's not going to go screaming at the ref. He's right. not going to like cut someone's you know soul down because they missed a shot or whatever. Like he's able to act in a different way, so much so that this dude asks to start playing with him. So they play, they journey uh, life together, and over. T- and the guy's dealing with a lot of hurt, man. Like he has had some tough stuff going on in his life, and he's just struggling with it. And p- sometimes when people like experience like big loss and grief, you get those questions like, "Well." You know, does God even care about me? Like, how could something so horrible happen? So anyway, they come together through pickleball just because they notice something different about my dad. And over the course of some months, they play together more and more. And my dad just baptized him in come church. On. Like, I didn't know that. That's cool. So, that, I mean, the thing is, like, that's this process we're on. It's not about being perfect. It's not about doing all the right things. Um, if you, I asked my mom, my mom would say, yeah, your dad is not perfect. Trust me. You've got, <laughs> right, right. got a list of what he does wrong. But it is enough to see the journey, see the difference. And you should be able to point to like, you're right, man. It, the, when I have more patience in that situation, 
it's just because like I know God's forgiven me and like I I don't deserve you know what I think I used to deserve like I I give it all up to him you should be able to just talk about it oh it's hot yeah (laughs) I love it so and and a just a recap of what we talked about today is you know whether you just started following Jesus and you've maybe you feel like oh I messed up and so you know does that disqualify me it doesn't disqualify you you know, following Jesus is a process. It's not that upward staircase that Ariel was describing, that Pastor Judd is describing in the back. It's more this coil. It's this spiral. It's this slinky on its side where it's going to have its ups and downs, but you just keep moving. You ground yourself in others. You allow them to help keep you accountable, that God does have grace, but there should be change in our lives. We lean into his word for direction. We lean into the, to the spirit for direction, who is our guide, who is our advocate, who is our helper, that we should start to see fruits of the spirit, just like Galatians talks, Galatians talks about, and not just a couple of the fruits, we should see all the fruits of the spirits lived out, spirit lived out in our lives. And also just like Paul describes in Romans seven, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. Our, our heart's desire is to follow God. Our mind uh, tricks us into sinning again and leaning into sin. And there's going to be this tension, but if you can just anchor in on this word of sanctification, that over time, it's the process of God just continuing to work on us, to remove sin from our lives, to give us the strength to get better at resisting it. And that's how we continue to follow Jesus, to resist sin, but also to lean into his grace into our lives. And so hopefully that helps spur you. I want to encourage all of our listeners just to dive into um, those two passages. So it's Galatians, um, what five. Ch- Galatians, Galatians 5, 30, 29 mm-hmm. is where you started. Uh, the fruits of the spirit, I think are right in 31 or 32, maybe both. Um, and then also read Romans seven and just see Paul's journey in his own life, but jump into those and just, you know, start making your prayer. Like God, what are some ways, what are some areas that I can start to change? And as you read your word, really read it through the lenses of what can I see in my own life as change as I continue to follow Jesus. So you have a, you have a finisher for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a great tie up. So Romans 12 to just wrap us all up. Mm, I love that one. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Perfect. Perfect bow to this segment. So like I (laughs) said, if you have a question, make sure to go to central.family, hit the quick link 24-hour church. Let the 24-hour church team know that you have a question for the Follow Him Together podcast, and maybe we'll answer one of your podcasts on one of these upcoming weeks. But I just want to thank... Pastor Ariel, Pastor Brandon for their time today. Uh, Brandon, make sure to thank your dad as well, who left us with so much, so much rich thoughts. And until next time, hold on to Romans 8 that tells us if God's for us, who could be against us. We'll see you soon.